Are y'all ready to go ahead and get started tonight? Isn't it good to be the house of the God? Y'all have a good afternoon. Wasn't it a beautiful day? Boy, he provides, doesn't he? We're just going to go ahead. We're not going to... We're just going to run right into worship tonight. We're just going to thank him for what he's done today. and We're going to thank him for what he's going to do in this service. Father, we are so thankful, Father, that your presence is always here when we walk through these doors, God. Father, help us to not ever take that for granted, God. Father, we just pray for this service tonight. We pray that you would just move just like you did this morning, Father. We pray that you would just have your way, God. Just a fresh anointing fall in this place, God, as we praise your holy name. Hallelujah. If y'all want to go ahead and stand to your feet, we're going to go ahead and do one that everybody knows so you can all help us sing.
worshipers to arise up and take our place yes God let the worshipers arise God and take a stand for you Lord Your name is on 
the strength and the faith not to pick it back up after we lay it down, God. Father, we know that you go before us, God.
worship him together. Lord, we bless your name. It is so special to gather together with people of like faith. It is so special to be in your presence, Lord. And Lord, we want to meet with you. We want to meet with you and you meet with us. We're hungry, Father. We're thirsty tonight. We're thirsty for the move of your Holy Spirit. We're thirsty for the fulfillment of your purpose and your plan. We crave, we crave you. We magnify your name above every name, Jesus Christ, Lord of all. You're greater than heart disease. You're greater than arthritis. You're greater than our headaches and and you're greater than migraines, Lord. You're greater than. You're greater than cancer. You're greater than our financial need. You're greater than our wayward children being influenced by the world. You're greater than. We know that anything and everything that we face, Lord, that you are greater than our need and that, Lord, you can supply. It's so good to worship you. 
a God in whom all things are possible. We worship you. Bless your name, Lord. Bless your name. You know, in Matthew chapter 18, it tells us that when we gather together like this, that Jesus Christ, his presence is right here with us. I know two things. I know that he never leaves me. He never forsakes me. That means he's always with me. Can you say amen? You know, he's with me when I'm down at Walmart. He's with me at work. He's with me when I'm driving. He never leaves me. But also I need to understand something else. And that is when we gather together like this, there's a very special presence of the Lord. Now, he's always with us. Thank God for that. But at the same time, he gave the promise. When two or more gather together in my name, he said, I'll be there. Now, I know he's here inside of me. And I know he's with me yesterday. He's going to be, but I know he's really, if you'll allow me to just use good Oklahoma vernacular, he's really, really, really here. Are you with me? And, And when he's really, really, really here, I believe that we need to be very sensitive to his presence. And let, let me do what I feel God's telling me to do. You're here tonight and you've got a need and you want to give it to Jesus. Maybe it's a physical need, maybe whatever it is, just take the cap off. It doesn't matter what the need is. There's an answer and his name is Jesus. But you're here tonight, you've got a need. Would you just raise your hand right there where you are? Just raise your hand. Father, every hand raised is a need. And Lord, even raising our hands is an act of faith. And Lord, we believe that your presence is right here. And Lord, we believe your presence is here for a reason. We don't want to waste the opportunity in your very special presence to allow you to reveal yourself as God. And Lord, every hand raised is a need, and we're asking you, Lord, to reveal yourself as God. God who heals of the heart condition, God who heals of the arthritis, God who heals of the cancer, God who heals. So Lord, openly and mightily reveal yourself to your people. You know every need that is represented by each of the hands that are raised, and none of our needs escape your knowledge. So Lord, take these needs, turn them around in such a way that there's a testimony, and that people can say, on that Sunday night, God touched me. On that Sunday night, I received my miracle. On that Sunday night, when we just allowed the presence of God to move and do what he wanted to do, we met with God. May there be a testimony, Father, of what you're doing right now. And may you and you alone be glorified in the answer. May Jesus get all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God is good. Amen. You can be seated. Thank the Lord for his blessings. God is faithful. Could you do me a big, big favor? Would you move that plant for me? Just kind of get it a little bit to the right. Uh, I can't see her. And and I I don't like it when I can't make eye contact with everybody I'm preaching to. Perfect. Hi, sister. (laughs) God is good. We want to receive a Sunday morning or Sunday evening. We're evening time. Anybody have a nap? I got my nap. I'm fired up, ready to go. How about you? Uh, Ushers, if you would please come and let's receive our Sunday evening tithe and offering. Thank God for his faithfulness. Uh, His children never go begging. His his seed are taken care of. And I happen to be one of his kids. How about you? He really takes good care of his kids. 
and that's such a blessing. Uh, if you would, Brother Deacon, if you would, my friend, would you bless the offering, sir? Thank you, Lord. Y'all did great. Y'all did great tonight. Thank you. Thank you. God is good. God is good all the time, all the time. If you would, I want to preach to you this evening. If you would, please find your Bibles. When you find your Bible, find it with me, the very beginning. It's going to be an easy one to find. It's called Genesis. If you would, please find Genesis chapter 32 with me. That would be great. Genesis chapter 32. God is faithful. Amen. If you would, let's have a prayer for the word. I pray, Father, you're anointed upon your word. May your will be done. We seek you, Father, for your anointing upon both the speaker of your word and the receiver. We pray that good seed would fall upon good soil and that the outcome would be everything you want it to be. We want produce, Father. So, Lord, may every one of us, no matter how long we've been a believer, may we be willing to show our desire to hear from you and obey correction if need be and challenge if need be. Your will be done, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'll notice with me, the title of the message this evening found in Genesis 32 is What Last Days Christians Need. There's something you and I need as last days Christians. See, when we survey the scriptures in an attempt to gain understanding of the last days, we see two extremes. And if you will, I alluded to this a little bit this morning, but we see these two extremes concerning last day's events. If you'll notice with me in 1 Timothy 4 and 1, now the Spirit speaks expressively, saying in the latter days, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. In other words, in the last days, there's going to be a great deception. The sad reality is some people are going to fall for it. And if you will, please let me say this, and amen me if you agree with me. Don't let anybody teach you or preach to you contrary to this book. Amen. See, we need an unchanging standard of right and wrong. We need something that is constant. And this is that unchanging standard of right and wrong. This is our constant. If you will, 2 Timothy 4 and 4, it says, And they will turn their ears away from the truth, and then from the truth be turned aside to fables. We're seeing that in the hour that we live. Second Thessalonians 2 and 3, let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. What that Second Thessalonians 2 and 3 tells me is that there'll be a revealing of Antichrist prior to the return of Jesus Christ. So that my, my question is, how much of the world will be under the influence of Antichrist prior to the return of Jesus Christ? Are you with me? So I, I, okay, how long is it going to take for the rapture to hit? It just happened. Are you with me? 
in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. I, I can't be fast enough to be able to say that was the rapture. Okay, the, uh, the other side of that is how long will it take Antichrist to come to world power? It's going to take a while. It will. There's nobody that can come to world power over oh, like that. And so what I find is, is this. We, the church, are going to see Antichrist. Um, don't pay any attention to people who will try to tell you who he is because the reality is telling you who Antichrist is is like telling you when Jesus is coming back. And I'm going to tell you, nobody really knows. But I believe that we're going to see things that is going to build to tribulation, Antichrist, prior to the return of Jesus Christ. That tells me that we're going to have to be tough as Christians. Are you with me? Uh, we, it's no time to be a sissy Christian. We're going to have to be tough. If you will, Mark 13 and 22 says, For false Christ, false prophets, that they, they will rise and they will show signs and wonders to, de to deceive, if possible, even the elect. That tells me that I want to be an elect. Right. Are you with me? Yeah. What, what are the, what, in that verse, what is the trait and the characteristic of the elect? The elect are not fooled by signs and wonders. The reality is, is if somebody comes in front of you and pulls a sign or a wonder, but they don't want to give Jesus the glory for it, they take glory for themselves, understand that's a false prophet. Amen. You know, because anyone that does anything of value for God is going to make sure that Jesus gets the credit. And if you would, here we see these. Uh, there's the one side. And then if you will, the other side, there's going to be a group of people on fire. The last days, there's going to be a church on fire for Jesus Christ. If you will, Acts 2 and 17, God's going to pour out of His Spirit. It's a fulfillment, if you will, of Isaiah 44 and 3. Mark that verse in your Bible. Many Pentecostals overlook that. For I will pour water on him who is thirsty. you got to be thirsty. And floods on the dry ground. I will pour my Spirit on your descendants and my blessings on your offspring. And then Acts 2, 20 and 21, it tells me when this outpouring is going to to end. There's a time of this outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It's going to last until the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I believe we need to make it easy for lost souls to get saved. I'll, I'll tell you as a preacher who gives altar calls, I, I, I do sometimes preach and not give an altar call, kind of like this sitting here. And I look across the congregation, I, virtually, I, I believe everyone here is a Christian. Uh, but I rarely preach, like this morning, uh, when there's people here that I don't know, I, I will rarely preach without giving an altar call. And I've had people be critical of me in the way I give altar calls. Uh, because literally there's some people that are so caught up in religion, they believe that they need to literally come to an altar and you, you don't have any. We'd be out of luck here. Are you with me? You know, it literally come down to a bench that's here. Uh, this, this is old time religion that people used to be bound by. Thank God we've been delivered. Amen. But they used, to, they used to have this phrase that it's not biblical and it's got to pray through to salvation. Listen, salvation is a gift, and I can't make receiving a gift too easy. You don't have to come and pray 30 minutes to get saved. You don't have to cry a bucket of tears to get saved. Anybody say amen? Uh, notice what this says. Here's the stipulation. Whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Call upon Jesus. 
Let Jesus be the source, not some preacher or some overzealous altar worker trying to pray through, brother, pray through. No, it's a change of heart. And thank God for how easy it is to receive the gift of salvation. And we need to uh, get people coming into this church and say, hey, all you got to do is come and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. We catch the fish and let God clean them up. Amen. 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 Okay, if you would, please, we see these extremes. And this is the question that stirs my heart. Could it be that they're the same people? Could it be that some of the same people experience both? And I'm going to tell you, that stirs my heart. Could it be that some of the people that get on fire for God also get caught up in the falling away? That tells me that there's a warning for me as a last days Christian, you as a last days Christian. There's a warning. Because the reality is, I want to be a part of those that are on fire for God. I don't want to be caught up in that that is falling away from God. But I'm going to tell you with such a blunt, specific outline of last days, I can't help but believe that there are going to be some people in the church that are going to fall away. Literally, what does fall away mean? It means, as, as we read, they were apart and now they're deceived and now they fall away. Are you with me? Please, let's understand that. Now, Jacob, uh, go with me, if you would, please, to Genesis 32. I love this illustration. And again, what am I doing? I'm using an Old Testament story to illustrate, illustrate a New Testament truth. In Jacob, I see an example of what we last days Christians ought to be like. And I, I see in him, if I don't want to be a part of the falling away, if I want to be on fire for God, I learn in Jacob qualities that I need. Go with me if you would, Genesis chapter 32, verse 22. And Jacob arose that night and took his two wives, Rachel and Leah, his two female servants, and his 11 sons, and he crossed over the ford of Jabrook. He took them, sent them over the brook, and sent over what he had. <coughs> so he had his family go over for protection. He's on the way back from Laban, his uncle, to go back to home and meet his brother. He's meeting up with his brother, Esau. If you remember with me, when he and Esau left each other's company, it was ugly. Esau had threatened to kill him. And so now Jacob, in essence, ran for his life, and he went to this place living with his uncle Laban. Now he's headed back home. Verse 24, then Jacob was left alone and a man, if you have your Bible, mine is like this on the screen and that word man is capitalized. Do you see that? It's a capital M and a man. That's indicating that it's more than a flesh and blood man. Later on, we're going to realize it's God. Um, many people think that this is a Christophany. Now, I'm not trying to use a big word to impress you, but a Christophany is an appearance of Jesus Christ prior to Bethlehem. So in other words, it's Christ in the Old Testament, a Christ offering, a, an appearance of Jesus Christ. My personal opinion, and this is just opinion, I believe that this is a Christ offering. It's an appearance of Jesus Christ. If you will, verse 24, then Jacob was left alone 
and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. And when he, God, saw that he, God, did not prevail against him, Jacob, God touched the socket of his hip. And the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as God wrestled with Jacob. I'm just changing those pronouns so we know who's the he and him. Uh, verse 26. And God said, let me go for the day breaks. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And God said to Jacob, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Okay, good question there. Did God know what his name was? You know, sometimes God asks us questions, not because he doesn't know the answer, but it's because we need to know the answer. Because Jacob means deceiver. Okay? And now God's asking Jacob, okay, Jacob, what's your name? And it's like God asking the drug addict, hey, what's your name? I'm a drug addict. Are you with me? I'm an alcoholic. Okay? God was needing Jacob to know who Jacob was. Okay, if you would, please. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob, verse 28. And God said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but it shall be Israel. For you have struggled with God. There he's, there's who he's wrestling with. You have struggled with God and with men, and you have prevailed. Then Jacob asked, saying, tell me your name, I pray. And God said, why is it that you ask my name and God blessed him there. So Jacob called the name of that place Penel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Just as he crossed over Penel, the, the sun rose on him, and he limped on his hip, kind of like I do. <laughs> this is my Jacob limp. Uh, verse 32, therefore to this day, the children of Israel do not eat the muscle, that shank, which is on the hip socket, because God touched the socket of Jacob's hip in the muscle, that shank. If you'll note with me, and you can kind of see the scripture on the board, verse 22, it was nightfall and Jacob secured Rachel and Leah, Bella and Zelpha, and his 11 sons, he secured them in a safe place. Then in verse 24, Jacob found a private place to be alone with God. Now, I love corporate prayer. I love it when I come together with brothers and sisters like this and we, we pray together. But I'm going to tell you, it's very critical that you have your private prayer. It's critical that you're able to get alone with God, be very transparent, very open, very honest with God, and tell honestly God things that you don't want anybody else to know. Uh, there's things I tell God I don't want, as, as much as I love my wife, and we've been married almost 50 years, the reality is there's things that I tell God that I don't want her to know. Thank you for those amens. <laughs> I would say, you do too. And so the re reality is I want to tell God everything. You know, God, that, I, I'm sorry I did that. And Lord, I'm, well, I'm sorry that that thought came to my mind. And Lord, forgive me for that word that came out. And forgive me for wanting to lose my temper. And are you with me? Yeah. I don't want her to know all of that. I, I like the fact that she thinks very highly of me, you know. <laughs> and so the reality is here Jacob gets alone with God. He gets bare, honest, open with God. In Jacob's encounter with God, we find traits 
that ought to be in every last day's Christian, every one of us. But listen to me. We also find traits that should be in every last day's church. And, and let me say this again, and, and I'm, I'm just pastoring you for the next few weeks, however long God does this. Don't settle. Don't settle for second best. You know, when you, when you get your pastor, I, I want you to love him. I want you to think he's the greatest pastor that you could possibly have. And he's going to take you as a last day's church into the last day's revival that God wants to bring to Lone Grove. But I find in Jacob's encounter with God traits that have got to be in our hearts as Christians, and it's a trait that's got to be in this church. And here we go. I'm going to give you three of them, if you would. I tend to be a three-pointer, so here's point number one, and that is hunger for God. In the last days, Christians individually, you've got to have a hunger for God. And the church, th thank God for your worship team. And man, we heard harmony tonight. I mean, really, that was real sweet. And I, I love that. And it, woo -woo. <laughs> thank the Lord. And, and the reality is, is this. Thank God for his presence that is here. And thank God that there is a creating of hunger by God's spirit for this church. But, I, but I'm going to tell you, we've not arrived. Are you with me? We need to hunger more. See, in our story, Jacob was travailing in prayer. He was earnest, he was laboring, he was fervent, and he was seeking God. Jacob was demonstrating to us what it means to really mean business with God, really get down to business. I, I see the church starting to, to come forward in prayer, and you were kind of hesitant at first, just being honest with you. First few times I preached, there wasn't a whole lot of people who came to prayer, but now you're starting to, to move towards the altar of prayer. Uh, you've got to be a church willing to seek God in these last days. You've got to show that hunger. Don't be afraid of looking over your shoulder. Well, are they going to go? I'm going to go if they'll go, but I'm not going to go. If... Don't, get, don't care what other people are doing. I hunger for God. Uh, if you will, verse 24, it tells me that then Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. That tells me how long that prayer meeting lasts all night long. In verse 30, it says, So Jacob called the name of the place Penel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. In verse 28, you have struggled with God. In Hosea, if you'll notice with me, referring to this event, it tells me that literally Jacob was wrestling with God. Uh, Hosea 12 and 3 says, He took his brother by the heel, that's the supplanter, that's Jacob and Esau, and in his strength... He struggled with God. So what I see literally is I see that Jacob refused to let go of God. He took hold of, if you remember with me, he took hold of Esau's heel at birth, and now he's in God's presence. This is a trait that God is honoring. See, what I look for is traits in individuals that God honors, and I want to develop those traits in my personal life. Here's a trait that I see in Jacob, and the trait that I see in Jacob was he knew how to hang on to God. And he knew how to seek after God. In verse 26, it says that God said, let me go for the day breaks. And Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Yeah. 
Jacob was hungry for a blessing. Jacob uh, came seeking God from a heart of desperation. He wanted God's will. He wanted God's plan. He wanted God's protection. He knew where he was headed. Where was he headed? He was headed back home. He was going back to Esau. Esau, when they left, threatened his life. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I'm seeking him. Are you with me? That's exactly where this church is. I don't know all that God has in store for us, but I know who the source of the blessing is going to be, and I'm going to seek Him. Amen. This type of hunger will be a trait of the last day's church. In Acts, if you will, in Acts 2 and 17, Peter quoting Joel chapter 2, he said, In the last days it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my maid servants and on my, my men servants and maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. That's a last day's prophecy. I believe we're living in that hour. This promise of God is for this church. But we need to understand something. This promise said, pour out. I love that. I will pour out my spirit. It doesn't say trinkle out. Amen. It doesn't say sprinkle out. It doesn't say dip, drip out. It says I will pour out. And I believe that's an outpouring of his Holy Spirit. We receive an example of what his outpouring really looks like in Acts chapter 2. If you will, that is an example. Uh, some Christians said Acts chapter 2 is kind of the pinnacle in the Pentecostal experience. Please, don't do that. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, they were gathered together in the upper room on the day of Pentecost, and there came the sound of a rushing mighty wind that filled the place where they were sitting. And there was cloven tongues as of fire that set upon each of them, and they each one began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, that was a wonderful time. But all that is, is the initial outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The word initial means the beginning. And I believe that it needs to escalate prior to the return of Jesus Christ. I believe that Jesus wants we, the church, to go out better than we came in. Acts chapter 2 is the way we came in. That's the very beginning. Thank God for the beginning of the church. But I believe he wants to go out, us to go out even greater than we came in. And this outpouring is the trait of the last day's church. Now, outpouring is only for the hungry. There's going to be churches that don't experience the outpouring. Well, what's going to be the difference between the church experiencing the outpouring and the church not experiencing? I believe it's this. The one that wants it. Exactly. If you sit around and say, well, we don't want anything to do with that. That's too crazy or whatever it is. And, you know, that's radical Christianity. If you say, I don't want anything to do with that outpouring, then you're not going to experience it. You're going to have to hunger and thirst and want and crave the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And that is, is if you want a trinkle, you're going to get a trinkle. If you want a drip, you're going to get a drip. If you want a sprinkle, you're going to get a sprinkle. But I want an outpouring. I want everything that God has to offer. Amen? And I believe that's got to be a trait in us individually and us collectively as a church. And let's get rid of show. I'm not here to make business contacts. I'm not here to get a girlfriend. 
Anybody say amen? Every man that's married ought to say amen to that one. You know, I'm not here to show off. and I'm here to meet with God. And I want my hunger for God to be evident. That's every one of us. Now, if God is going to pour out, that means somebody is going to receive of his abundance. Somebody is. What I say is, why not Lone Grove? Okay? If sons and daughters are going to prophesy, if young men are going to see visions, if old men, and, and I'll let you pick what category you're in, old men are, are going to dream dreams, and, and if on God's men's servants and God's maid servants, he's going to pour out of his spirit, this reveals that there's going to be quite a few people receiving the outpouring. Amen? It's not going to be just a few, and it's just not going to be one or two churches. There are going to be a number of last days churches experiencing the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And so, should it be long grown? It should be. Uh, in the last days, it's no time to play church. It's time for us to be the church, and it's time for us to build the church. Amen. Last days. Number one, I sit in Jacob, there's got to be hunger, hunger for God. If you will, please, the second thing I see in Jacob is you got to be persistent. We need, and I think I put it on there and you can see it, we need bulldog grit, hang on tenacity. we got to be persistent. Verse 28, God said to Jacob, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with man, and you have prevailed. You have grit. Jacob was persistent with man and with God. Notice with me, with Laban, he prevailed. He received Rachel as his wife under the deception of, if you remember, seven years, you can have Rachel, seven years. Remember, I think it was the first message, I'm pretty sure he snuck in Leah, okay? Uh, seven years. If you'll notice with me, this is the verse to mark in your Bible concerning Jacob and Laban, because it kind of sums it up. And it says, thus I have been in your house 20 years. I served you for 14 years for your two daughters and six years for your livestock, for your flock, and you have changed my wages 10 times. Wow. That's the summation of Jacob with Laban. But what that tells me about Jacob is that Jacob had a bulldog tenacity. He knew what he wanted, and he was willing to hang on and fight till he got it. Church, I'm going to tell you, please let me challenge you. Know what you want in your pastor. Hang on until you get it. Don't settle for less. Are you with me? This is too good a church. You're too fine a people to settle for something less than God's best. Uh, notice with me, Jacob prevailed with Laban. Uh, he snuck in Leah, then he married his other daughter, Rachel, and then he's got his crops, and then he hung on. And look, the dude changed his salary 10 times. Just kept changing his salary because he saw God blessed him there, and he changed it. Well, I'll do this. And then he did that, and then God blessed him there, and, and God just continued to bless Jacob. And I believe one of the reasons is because he just hung on. I preached this morning about fighting the good fight and hanging on, and one of the deacons caught me afterwards and said, that's what we, the deacon board, are doing. We're fighting the fight, brother, and we're hanging on until the right pastor comes. But I'm going to tell you, it should not be just the deacon board. It ought to be the whole body of God coming together, standing together. We're going to be in this together, and you need to start calling the people that have left. 
You need to start, okay, let me say it again. And I'm going to try to get it just emphatic. You need to call the people that have left. And you need to tell them, you, you need to get back into church. God is moving in Long Grove. Are you with me? And, and I, I promise you, I'll be here until you get your next pastor. And when you get him, he's going to go forward. He's going to, he's going to be on fire. And the reality is they need to get themselves back in church. And they need to exhibit their hunger. And they need to also exhibit their persistence. I'm going to hang on until God brings the revival, until God brings what God wants to bring. And there are good things ahead. I believe that with all my heart. If you will, Jacob meant hill holder or deceiver. A lot of times you see people misinterpreting Israel. Uh, they call prince with God, and, and that is a little bit. But Israel literally means God prevails and means God's fighter. It means uh, yeah, a, a prince of, with God, but it really means God's fighter. Somebody that's willing to fight the fight, hang on to the end. Somebody who's persistent. And I see that in Jacob. Okay, here we go in the last days. Notice with me. What I see is, is this, the last days Christian will need this type of persistence. What, notice with me Matthew 24 and 13, and you know your scripture, it's uh, Mark chapter 13, Luke 21, Matthew 24. That's the three chapters when Jesus is speaking from the Mount of Olives. And that's when he gives man or relationship with man, war, room and reward, nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom, Man in relationship to the environment, earthquakes, diseases, pestilence, um, famines. He gives man in relationship with God. The three categories of end time events. The hearts of many waxing cold, but at the same time, the gospel preached worldwide. And we see that that's all Matthew 24, Luke 21, Mark 13. All of those are the synoptic gospels of the same event, the same teaching session. But in that session, Matthew 24, verse 13, Jesus said, he who endures to the end shall be saved. That tells me not everybody's going to endure to the end. It tells me that as a last days Christian, I need to have persistence. I need to hang on. It's going to get tough. Man, if you're just barely saved, just let me go ahead and tell you, you're not going to make it. Uh, if you accepted Jesus as your Savior, and didn't make him Lord of your life, you're not going to make it. Because see, Jesus did not come to be your Savior. He came to be your Lord and Savior. And you've got to have Jesus as the Lord of your life if you're going to make it to the difficult. Uh, in 2 Timothy 3 and 1, in the last days, perilous or difficult times will come. 1 Timothy 4 and 1, in the latter times, some will depart from the faith. In other words, they were here. They were sitting in Long Grove Church. They were part of this family, but now they're not. They departed. And that breaks my heart. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. Amen? Amen? I'd love for everybody who started the race would finish the race. Yeah. But 1 Timothy 4 and 1, in the latter days, some will depart from the faith. Matthew 24, 4 through 14 gives the details, and there they are. And that's the end time events that we are right now experiencing. Now, with the challenges and difficulty found in the last days, can you agree with me that you're going to have to be persistent? You're going to have to hang on to God. Yeah. I mean, if you've got a loose hold of God, you're going, to, you're going to fall away. I've got to get a hard, I've got a strong, unrelenting hold on God. 
I need to be persistent. See, the last days Christian must be devoted, dedicated, committed, sold out to Jesus Christ. It's a trait that we've got to have. The last days Christian will need to be saying these things. And let me just put some thoughts in your heart. And that is, we need to be saying, I don't love Jesus as much as I want to. Don't say the other, well, I, I'm, I love Jesus as much as I possibly can. No, you don't. I don't love Jesus as much as I want to. Uh, here's another thought. I, I'm not as much like Jesus as I want to be. See, the Christian that's about to fall away is the one that thinks he's arrived. You know, I, I'm, I'm as close to God as I've heard every, uh, this is what I call church wives. Church wise Christians say, I've heard every song, I've heard every message. You can't say anything I hadn't heard. I'm a, I've been saved for 150 years. And I'm going to tell you, you're wrong. And I'm going to tell you, you're about ready to fall. If you think you've arrived and you're, you're the, you've got a corner on the market of God, let me tell you, you are wrong. Another thought I would love to give you is this. I'm not as, as effective for Jesus as I want to be. See, these are some of my prayers. God, I want, to, I want to hear your voice more clearly. I want to follow more completely. I want to be where you want me to be, doing what you want me to do, when you want me there, even if it's slow growth. Are you with me? I'm here with you because God told me to be here. Amen? Uh, we need to say things like, I'm not as focused on Jesus as I need to be. See, we need to hunger and we need to be persistent. We need to know that we're living in the last days and it's no time for us to be weak in our commitment to Christ. So the last days Christians must have a sold out, no pretense, 100% devoted and dedicated to Christ stand. That's our stand in Christ. The third thing I see is this. This is what I see in the example of Jacob. We've got to be marked for God. Amen. I want to be marked for God. Uh, do you remember the story of when, um, and let me call it off my heart, and, and that is Peter and John. Peter and John, if you remember with me, were going up into the, the temple, up Temple Mount, not in the temple itself, but up to the Temple Mount in the, in the hour of prayer. Yeah. And they were met there, and they saw a man that was begging alms. And if you remember with me, he was lame. And when you do a little bit of future study, it's, it's on in the scripture, but it gives us that he was 40 years old. And so he had been 40 years lame. He was lame from birth. And so the guy's about 40 years old and he was laid there every day and, and he begged alms. The reason that he was there by the temple is part of Judaism is giving alms to the poor and helping the needy people. And so here he is begging alms and this time Peter and John are going into the temp temple area for prayer and what they see is this man and he fixes his eyes on, on them and Peter turns and fixes his eyes on him and, and he says this, he says, he says, silver and gold I don't have but what I do have in the name of Jesus rise and walk. And he lifted, and the guy stood up and went leaping and jumping into the, into the prayer time. And that, that, that is a miracle of God. But if you remember with me, Peter and John are called on the carpet for the miracle because it caused such an uproar on Temple Mount. And uh, if you remember, they were brought before the Sanhedrin and they was asked, in what name? In what name does this man walk? And, 
If you remember with me, they, they talked about Jesus. They said, it's in the name of Jesus. And I'm not ashamed of Jesus. And like we said this morning, there's power in the name of Jesus. And, and they preached Jesus. And then after the council, they, this is what they said. They said, Peter and John, we thought they were unlearned men. But they said, we can tell that they've been with Jesus. That's what we should crave. Uh, it's not because we've got a PhD and it's not because we've got a rev in front of our name. What counts is, is that when we're around others, they can look at us and they can say, I can tell that you've been with Jesus. That's a trait we want. That's being marked for God. That's because you've had your private time. You've been alone with God. You've got your empowerment from God and others can tell, man, he or she, they, they've been with God. Uh, notice with me, Jacob, verse 31. When Israel, Jacob Israel, walked away from his encounter with God, he had a limp. When everyone saw Israel, they knew that he had been with God because of the limp. It was that limp because God had touched. Boy, and I know what place it is, man. God touched that socket. And, and boy, I, I, I'm touching mine right now. And, and it touched that socket and it kicked it out of joint there. And the limp marked Israel for God. The reason I know that is because they never ate that muscle again. And so all of Israel knew that when they saw Jacob, and, and man, I don't have to fake it, <clears throat> when they saw Jacob with that little, it, it doesn't have to be real pronounced, but man, I just see that little bit of a limp there. And when they saw Jacob with that limp, they go, he's, he's been with God. Yeah. Yeah. He's marked. If you will, Ephesians 5 and 27, Jesus will have presented to himself. Now, please get this not a weak church, but a glorious church. Uh, a church without spot or wrinkle. A holy church. A church without blemish. That's the church that's going to be presented to Jesus Christ. This is a group of people willing to be different than the world. Church, we've got to be different than the world. We've got to be willing to be visible that, hey, he's been with Jesus. He doesn't cuss like we do. He doesn't look at our porn like we do. Are you with me? Uh, he doesn't act like we do. He doesn't interact like we do. I can tell there's something different about her. There's something different about him. Man, she won't talk bad about the preacher like everybody else does, and he won't do that. Are you with me? Why? Because I can tell they've been with God. Now, in 2 Timothy 3 and 13, it says, But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. So we see again this, this extreme. So this is what I find. And that is, with evil men getting worse and worse and Christians drawing closer and closer to God, the gap between the world and the church will get wider and wider. Amen. Can you say amen? amen? And listen to me. It's going to get this way. We've already seen it. It's already started. Um, we cannot be a part of this world and be a part of God's world. Amen. There's going to be a widening gap. Yeah. Worse and worse is the world and the church drawing closer and closer to Jesus Christ. With this widening gap, understand, there's some people that are not going to want anything to do with the church. 
They're not. They're going to ridicule us. In fact, all you got to do is watch a little bit of TV today. I mean, every idiot on every TV program is a preacher, you know. Every preacher is presented like somebody. Rarely do you see the church in a favorable light. Rarely. And so that's the world. And what I'm going to say, tell you is this, and, and this honestly is a warning from God, and that is get ready because the gap is widening. Worse and worse, closer and closer to God. And it's the hour that we live. It's the world that we live in. So understand with me, it's time for us to have the heart of Jacob. Uh, Jacob is a beautiful example. See, it, it, it's exciting for me personally. This, I get to choose how I see the last days. It's exciting for me to live in the last days. I, I really do. I count it exciting. I count it exciting for me to possibly see the rapture. If I was to give you personal opinion, I really believe that I'm going to see the rapture. Amen. I really do. Now, that's just personal opinion. Now, will I get mad at God if I don't? No. I, I, man, if I get to heaven, I'm going to go, okay. I would have liked to, but okay. Hallelujah. I thank God I'm here. <laughs> Are you with me? I, I've had people tell me that I'm gonna, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God this. I'm going to ask God that. I'm going to ask God. No, you're not. When you get to heaven, you're just going to say, thank God I'm here. Yeah. And you're going to forget about all that other stuff. Amen. But please understand, I thank God I'm a last day's Christian. I thank God I get to be, God chose me to be a last day's preacher. God chose you to be a last day's Christian. That means that he must have quite a bit of confidence in you. God chose Julie to be a last day's worship leader. God chose these, these who play these instruments to use their gifts and their talents in the last days. Amen. God chose you to be a last day's deacon. Are you with me? Yeah. See, God knew this is not catching God by surprise. It, it might be some of it catching us by surprise, but it's not surprising him. Right. And so the reality is God knew before it happened who would be here. Yeah. And he's got a whole lot of confidence in you. Amen. But what we've got to do, church, is we've got to be willing to develop the traits that God honors. Right. And the traits that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt is traits that God has honored in the past. See, God is faithful. Who he has honored in the past, you do this, this I will honor, he will do today. And this is what God wants to honor. He wants to honor a hungry heart. He wants to honor a persistent persistence for him, and he wants to honor you being willing to be marked for him, Amen. representing him around your family, around your workplace, wherever you go. And I'm, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm willing to be marked for God, and I'm going to identify myself. When I go to get my hair cut, uh, whoever I talk to now, now I, I love being a pastor preacher, and, and it just so opens a door. I got my hair cut this week, and, and I told the lady, you know, I like to get a haircut and say, this is what I say. Okay, I like a haircut. Did I get a haircut? And you can't tell I had a haircut. <laughs> you know, that, that's where I like to get my haircut. And, and, and it's the first time this lady had ever cut it. And when you get somebody, I go to great clips and you seem to get somebody different every time. And, and I got one that just gave me a burr. And so I've learned to uh, open your mouth, tell them what you want. Because if you don't open your mouth, tell them what you want, you're going to get what they want to give you. 
Anybody say amen? And so I told her what I wanted. Okay, I want a haircut. And, and then we're, and you, you've got a captive audience there. She's in my private space. You might know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, you're far too closer to me than what I really feel comfortable with. I'm holding my breath here. And that's me personally, because you are in my private place, lady. She's talking my, she's touching my face. She's touching my hair and, you know, and all that stuff. And, and, and I know I'm probably weird, but that's my private space. And, and so, okay, well, you're here in my private space. I'm going to tell you, you know, I, I, I'm looking forward to preaching this week. And, and I bring up the Lord. And the next thing you know, I start talking about Jesus. And, and uh, I've had one lady cutting my hair that wanted marriage counseling and talk about her, the relationship with the Lord. You know, the thing is, is don't be ashamed of Jesus. You know, I go to the gym and, and there's a guy there that and cusses like a sailor and, and he's just a, a rough old dude. He's from New York. He was uh, a, a armored car driver in New York City. And then he went into the military and he went to Fort Sill and he liked the area and then he stayed and then he was on the sheriff's department in Oklahoma County Sheriff. And now he's this 70 year old dude that works out in the health club that I work out in. And we, we hang around each other and he comes over and works out with me. And what, what do you do, man? I, well, I'm a preacher, I'm a pastor. And, and I'm kind of semi-retired and I tell him what I do. You know, I'm filling in a place and here and there. And, and then now what he does is he'll, he'll start to cuss and say a bad word. He's go, oh, well, sorry, preacher. I love that because yeah, right. I don't say anything. I want to be marked for God. We're living in an hour that the difference is getting greater. And it's time for us to be willing to stand up for Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Let's have a prayer. Father, thank you for the example of Jacob. And thank you that, Lord, we see in Jacob traits that we desperately need today. Thank you, Lord, that you've revealed to us that we're living in this hour. We're living in the time just prior to your return. We believe this with all our heart. You wanted us to live with the belief of your, of your soon return. And Lord, we're living with that anticipation, that, that belief in the imminent return of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we believe that we are last days Christians. And Lord, we believe that in this hour, it's time for us to be hungry for you. It's time for us to be persistent for you. It's time for us to be marked for you. And I pray, Father, that the truth of this word would go across this congregation, every one of us. We pray that not one of us would be immune to the challenge of your word. And Father, draw us to a place of prayer tonight. Congregation, would you stand with me, please? I want to challenge you as our brother goes into uh, music and in the background, I want to challenge you. Would you come around the front of this church and let's have a prayer time. If for some reason you'd rather pray where you're at, that's fine too. Make an altar there, but let's spend some time in prayer. Father, right now we come to let you know that we're hungry. We're thirsty. We're craving you. We're coming, Lord, to be able to communicate to you how much we need you. We're hungry for you, Father. We're thirsting for your fullness, Lord. We're thirsty for a revival in Lone Grove Assembly of God Church. We're, we're hungry for the man of God that you want to bring as leader of this, of this flock, Lord. We're hungry. We seek, we seek you. 
Lord, your word promised us that when we seek you, that you would be found. And Lord, in this time of prayer, all of us finding this place in your presence, Lord, we seek you. We hunger, we hunger after you. We thirst. And Lord, I pray that you would build in each of us a resilience. We want perseverance, Lord. We never want to turn our back on you. We never want to fall away. We never want to be weak. But Lord, we want to prevail. So Lord, build in us that bulldog grit. Build in us that tenacity. Build in us that stay power. Lord, we want to hold on. We don't want to be caught up in that that falls away, Lord. We want to be in that group that's on fire for you, that holds on. And Lord, help us. Help us, Lord, as the difference between the world and the church gets greater. Lord, help us, please, Father, to be marked for you. May it be evident that we've been with Jesus. May it be evident that Jesus dwells within us. May we be willing to be marked openly for you, identified as belonging to Jesus. Lord, as this gap gets wider between the world and the church, we want as your church, as your people, we want to be identified with you. Lord, we want to be different than the world. You're coming back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. And Lord, we want to be right there as part of your church. We seek you, Father.
Thank you, Father, for your love. Would you stand with me, church family? God bless your heart. Father, I pray your special blessing upon this beautiful congregation of people, that, Lord, you would honor them, that, Father, you would keep them. And, and Lord, in this Sunday evening, I pray your blessing, your keeping, your protective hedge. Father, meet their needs, encourage their faith, be with them day by day. And God, bring us all back into your house together next week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, church family. Bless your heart. Love y'all. Thank you, Lord.